program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Mighty Gems, spotlighting everyday jewels with your host, Dee Lee. It is common for all of us to take things for granted, the familiar in our daily lives. For example, our home, our job, our health, our relationships with family and friends and pets. By paying attention and polishing your own life gems, you can add your light to life. And that creates a mighty gem. On today's program, you will learn how paying attention to the small things can make your life mighty. So polish the facets of the extraordinary jewels around you by joining your host, Dee Lee. Learn how being mighty is possible when you polish the extraordinary jewels in your life. Now, here is your host, Dee Lee. Welcome to our show, Mighty Gems, spotlighting everyday jewels. My name is Dee Lee, and today I'm here with our guest host, Lynn Shrell. Most humans today live a normal, quote-unquote, Life existence. And <laughs> yeah, what's normal, right? <laughs> That's the norm. <laughs> daily, maybe it's in between the quotes. Um, the daily state of being overwhelmed. There are many perceived complexities and it, uh, online, I mean, it, it's very much online, but explosion of shiny distractions around us and also within us to choose from. People can operate with blinders in place and numb about where they are going. We have become asleep or immune to what is around us or on the pos- uh, for the possibilities and opportunities. And I don't know, Lynn, if you've been around uh, waiting for traffic signals, but people are just, they're not there. <laughs> Walking yeah. around, they have their, their devices right in front of their face. You know, it seems like it's so obvious they should be paying, paying attention, but well, more times they're not. <laughs> a lot but, of trust that they oh, think that yeah. all the drivers are going to pay attention to them. That's just, you know, trust. Yep. So, <laughs> from the discoveries of quantum physics, we know that all matter is really densely packed light. Our human bodies are a luminous collection of mighty gems, and when considered together, we are each a valuable, unique jewel. Gems tend to have a different value for each person, and when combined into a piece of individual jewelry, the value is in the eye of the beholder. John Muir said, when we try to pick out something by itself, we find it hitched to everything else in the universe. Now, taking this quote literally, when we get so focused on our individual sparkling gems, and at the same time we are trying to also figure out what kind of a jewel we are in relationship with others, we can quickly get a feeling of being overwhelmed. Typically, when we reach this state of being, we tend to shut down our research in trying to find our balance. There tends to be a close association between our inner gems of our individual selves and the reflections into our outer worlds around us. Ellen Klein suggested that your attitude is like a box of crayons that color your world. Constantly color your picture gray and your picture will always be bleak. 
try adding some bright colors to the picture by including humor and your picture begins to lighten up. Unfortunately, many of us have lost touch with a sense of connection with the basic principles of harmony and unity present in nature and with our higher spiritual and eternal relationships. Many ancient cultures took these basic connections as the way to be and built their life structure and philosophies around them. In doing this, they had a built-in higher perspective that each person in that group could consistently relate to and see where they fit in on the bigger picture of the universe. Abraham Hicks shared, we are all one energy stream, but that makes the separations or distinguishes the difference or what, it, what is the difference is perception. You are a unique and individual per perspective. The ancient cultures recognized that there were active energy currents flowing around and throughout the human body. Ancient ways or philosophies described the existence of seven energy centers, six belonging to the physical body and one outside the body above the head. More recent discoveries and knowledge perspectives expressed by modern-day energy healers describe an existence of 12 or 13 major energy centers and many others throughout our physical bodies. Although there is a consensus of the number of energy centers, there are numerous variations of how these are configured within and around the human body. Shamanic traditions have known of and utilized these energetic centers in their healing practices. Their beliefs were based on the known facts at the time of the energy and sky energies being intermixed within the human body. Ancient cultures refer to the human energy centers as chakras. These relate to different levels of human consciousness making up the flow of energy throughout the centers of the human body. All of these centers are parts of the overall human energy system and also reflections of the world around our individual selves. Given the direct relationship between the inner and outer connections, it is important to understand these human energy systems or centers from a higher perspective, utilizing a basic, basic systems theory viewpoint. While most people do not normally relate to things from this perspective, it is useful when approaching complex concepts. The basic design structure of a system is a complex whole made up of interacting, interrelated elements that is the sum of all the parts. Systems appear as a circular quality of their basic functioning. They are constantly changing and are in dynamic balance with each other. When we understand the expected interactions from a higher understanding of the overall structure, we can have a better or more expansive and broader viewpoint to see things. So pretty much we just have to like be above the system in order to actually see all of its working parts. Kind of like a labyrinth, right? Exactly. Down in a labyrinth. Yeah, you can yeah. see how to get out of the labyrinth, but when you're in it, it can be really confusing. So that totally makes sense. Or a roadmap. Mm -hmm. Well, Marcus Aurelius said, constantly regard the universe as one living being, having one substance and one soul, and observe how all things have reference to one perception, the perception of this one living being, and how all things act with one movement, and how all things are the cooperating causes of all things which exist. Observe, too, the continuous spinning of the thread and the contexture of the web. All things are implicated with one another, and the bond is holy, and there is hardly anything 
unconnected with any other things. For things have been coordinated and they combine to make up the, the same universe. For there is one universe made up of all things and one God who pervades all things and one substance and one law and one reason. Boom. That's a mouthful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Perception. laughs> yeah. Well, when we embark on any new journey, taking a look at the bigger roadmap, it's always interesting to see how it expands and contracts as you get a more detailed focus. And over the last several um, episodes of this uh, radio show, we've been very focused on a lot of internal work having to do with our sparkling human energy centers. Usually, internal work is the hardest work we will ever do. I would so much rather go dig a ditch. There are times <laughs> when... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least you so to attain <laughs> right yeah, you know what good. I have a, I have a story on that one of my former colleagues way back when I mean it's been you know more than a decade since I've had a corporate job but at the time this had to be like almost 20 years ago this guy came to me and he said you know um, he said you might have noticed I was off yesterday and I said yeah and he goes it was the greatest day of my life I said what'd you do he said plumbing I said, what? He said, the sewer system backed up in our house. I said, are you kidding me? He goes, Lynn, it was awesome. He said, I had my hands in crap. <laughs> and he goes, I actually got to like deal with the crap that I could see. He's like, it was awesome. It was very, you know, black and white, this is it. So he's like, I actually got that sense of satisfaction that I don't get to see because all of it's so intangible. So that's pretty funny. Yeah, he was really happy he got to play with crap, you know, get it solved. But you know, I think we all have to kind of find our paths to that because to attain balance and empowerment and mental well-being in our lives, we need to associate that inner work with the outer core in such a way that there's a balanced reflection from the inside centers to the outside reality. And in his case, it was about plumbing. But, you know, we're all clearly working with an ancient system, meaning that it defies time and space, and it's a system of flowing energy. So from a, a scientific point of view, we believe the the universe works within a set of rules and likewise has specifically given predictions on how something will be affected and that's called the, the rule of cause and effect. If we apply ourselves and work to be in control, the effect is that we will have strength, safety, and be grounded. For most of us, we want to see our worlds around us get better. It is in the word better that there can be a lot of confusion because it's really, a, that term, it can mean a lot of different things to different people in different locations. And, you know, I think Buddha said if there's uh, 10,000 people looking at the moon, there are 10,000 moons. It's like that. I mean, it's just, sure. you know, so it's really based upon the varying degrees of perception of what's going on and what people see. So John Burroughs said to find the universal elements enough, to find the air and the water exhilarating, to be refreshed by a morning walk or an evening saunter, to be thrilled by the stars at night, to be elated over a bird's nest or a wildflower in spring. These are some of the rewards of the simple life. So ask yourself this question. Do you find yourself feeling bounced around with all of the electronical currents from the multitude of electronic devices being used as an integral part of daily living now? I think you might surprise yourself with the answer because most people will crash energetically only to get up and start all over again the next morning without realizing what happened. And really what happened is their nervous system got overwhelmed from all those E signals. It takes conscious effort to observe the effects of these E frequencies and then reflect on what's best for you. 
the, the natural organic antidote to e-signal overload is spending time in nature because time spent in nature grounds these energies as the earth is our foundation for living. So language can be a barrier or obstacle of true understanding in any communication process. So, you know, what does nature mean to you? What does that word mean to you? What does grounding energy mean to you, right? So as we're exploring these inner and outer systems, we need to make sure the language and the words are understood that are used to describe the parts of the systems, how they interact between themselves, and how they relate to the bigger whole system. Brian Tracy said, a clear vision backed by definite plans gives you a tremendous feeling of confidence and personal power. Systems, and that's, I mean, you know, right there, you have to have a clear vision backed by definite plans in order to have confidence and personal power. So what's your vision? Think about that. What plans do you have for making that come true uh, or actualizing that in physical form? Uh, if we look at systems, systems evolve over a dimension of time. And when we look at the structure of any system, it might appear a little bit illogical. And as we study the history of how systems have evolved, the current and future structure and functioning of systems are better understood. So, for example, we can start with the biggest of the biggest of the biggest concepts, evolution of systems over time, and then that distills into the creation of the universe, which distills into the galaxy, which distills into the solar system, which distills into the earth, which distills into the biosphere, into the ecosystem, into humanity, into the group, into the family, into fetal development, into childhood development, into past experience, into proximate events. That is just kind of a quick timeline that shows you you can go from the biggest of the big into the tiniest little cells of fetal development. So this combination of a systems approach and an evolutionary approach allows us to organize information, the information we have, in a much more efficient manner. And this kind of approach is usually uh, and equally effective for astrophysics, biology, psychology, sociology, all of those fields of study. So to acquire a valid theory of human functioning, we need to understand observations of human functioning in relation to internal and external systems. An understanding of systems theory, history, the specifics of any given system, these all allow us to understand and therefore better predict the outcome of an event. But even with such an approach, there are limits to our ability to understand and predict. So energy flows up and down, inside and outside. It's very beneficial to have an overall observation or vantage point from a higher perspective of the balancing effects of the reflections from our inside energy centers flowing to our outside energy centers. Yeah, how cool is that? Totally. Panache, <laughs> <laughs> as I said... When your energy vibrates at a frequency that is in direct alignment with what the universe has been attempting to deliver your entire life, you begin to live in the flow and true miracles start to happen. Amen. It, it's very, <laughs> I mean, that's like really clear. That's, yes. that's part of that whole observation. So as a starting point, when we take a look at exploring the details of the energy center map within ourselves, we start with what is called by a variety of different descriptions as the Kundalini root or base chakra. It is considered to be the foundation of the physical body as it stimulates the vital forces throughout our body and also helps connect and ground us to the earth. 
This is um, basically the center, energy center, influences our immune system, our base energy, impulses, instincts, endurance, and, and fight or flight reactions. It deals with our body's basic survival, including food, shelter, and safety. It activates our energy and stimulates exercise, action, and vitality. This energy center is relevant to achievements in the material world, permanence, strength, and character, patience, endurance, and safety. Wow. Edward de Bono said, one very important aspect of motivation is the willingness to stop and look at things that no one else has bothered to look at. This simple process of focusing on things that are normally taken for granted is a powerful source of creativity. In life, as we move through our various developmental stages from birth on and we pass through different phases, as part of the system components, the developmental phases are linked to physical senses as well as the physical basic elements where we have our life experiences. The, the senses are the hearing, seeing, touching, smelling, and tasting, and the basic elements are the earth, water, fire, air, and ether. So what is our motivation to understand this energy center in such a de close, detailed way? Relationships and early life experiences influence the well-being of the space energy center. If these relationships were easygoing and of good quality, any later survival issues will be easy to deal with. If there was any damage in this energy center caused in early life that has not been healed, it can cause problems in day-to-day -day life later on. When this energy center is balanced, we feel healthy, alive, free, op optimistic, happy, steady, and full of vitality. Unblocking and balancing this energy center can be done by some simple things having to do with the foundation of the world around you, such as some people like to do this, some don't, but cooking and cleaning your home. That's physically getting in there and getting dirty and really moving the energies around in your home. A um, little more subtle, but sitting on the ground, maybe up against a tree outside, walking barefoot and dancing. Each of the centers are like their own little universe, but they are interconnected and linked to all the different areas of life, growth, and abilities. It is key to understanding the centers individually, but also as well as how they relate to and work with the whole system is very important. By having the higher understanding, it is embracing an understanding of the map of consciousness, affecting not just ourselves, but also out there in humanity. And with that note, we're going to take a quick break and be back shortly um, to go forward in looking at you know, more of our energetic centers. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you interested in actualizing your potential to be, do, and have more? If yes, then consider this your invitation. Intellikey dates back to Aristotle, who used the word to describe the potential of a thing becoming itself. For example, a kitten has the intellikey to become a cat. So what is human intellikey? It's about discovering your destiny to live your freedom. Discover who you really are through one of the programs at www.humanintellikey.com. Be who you are here to be. And remember, your life is a powerful expression of potential. Whether you activate that for its highest good or not is your choice. www.humanintellikey.com. 
That's human, E-N-T-E-L-E-C-H-Y dot com. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You are listening to Mighty Gems, Spotlighting Everyday Jewels with D. Lee. To reach the program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send us an email to jewels at mightygems.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to Mighty Gems. We are bombarded every minute of every day with many different impressions and understandings of different experiences we each are exposed to, but there is only a small amount of these experiences that we are really able to fully focus our awareness on due to the complexities and the vastness of all these system connections. The energetic systems are moving, vibrating, and pulsating wheels of light. It is important to understand the language and the words used in the description of each of us that as we have individual experiences associated with the words and might thus have a mixed understanding. Key words associated with the root energy center is synonymous with the word grounding. And grounding, when if you thought of it literally, is that like grinding up <clears throat> something or is it how, how, how your energy center is being sent down into the earth and pulling up energy from the earth? is more the literal grounding. When we embrace this energy, we become rooted into the life and interactive with the life energy of the planet. The more we are rooted, the more grounded we are, and the less life experiences seem like a burden. There is a different perspective of difficulties, of the word difficulties, and we have more of an overall purpose and a sense of meaning. Well, yeah, and I think uh, Abraham Maslow said, if the only... if the only tool you have is a hammer, you tend to see every problem as a nail. And that really <laughs> kind of says it, right? Because it just, you know, if you are experiencing your difficulties, no matter, and you only have one thing to get it, it's everything, you're going to try to cram everything into that because we're human. We try to make ourselves right. So we look for evidence around us that we're right. So that means that if the only t- tool we have is a hammer, everything has to be a nail. So well, there are people, about- I don't know if you've known that have that and it's very obvious you know it becomes almost like well where did you come from (laughs) (laughs) yeah you kind of want to give them new tools don't you (laughs) (laughs) open up the toolbox (laughs) (laughs) yeah well you know and, and the links of the root energy system they're all in instinctual behavior which is what makes it so interesting because people don't know that they need new tools because mm-hmm. they're just operating off of instinct. And this is how we've learned to preserve ourselves from danger. So by strengthening the root energy system, it actually rebalances the instinctual judgment that we have. And because this first chakra is an integral part of the developmental stages that we each go through, when children are given opportunities for experiencing a proper, experiencing proper play, it actually lays foundation for the formation of basic concepts that are necessary for abstract thinking and that is a basic ingredient for creativity Mm -hmm. good grounding is the foundation for the development of the fullest potential possible in each person because if someone is ungrounded they're scattered they're diffused they're all over the place they can't focus they're just you know out there right but if they're grounded then they're solid they can take in 
new information. They know how to handle it. Um, but if someone has a difficulty in conceptual thought, it might be because they might have lacked good early play opportunity. So they didn't really get to experience that and grow that that part of themselves. So the early years are foundations for the rest of your life. And, you know, it, it's, it, it, while that's true, at some point we become accountable for stepping into really being responsible for our lives. But, you know, when, uh, the degree of having primary needs met for warmth, food, shelter, and love, that actually relates directly on the health of well, all the energy systems, but particularly the root energy system. So words that are used in this energy system are important to understand um, that because they are preconceptual. And so play is actually work for a young person going through the variety of experiences. So when a child crawls and begins to walk, this registers an experience of size and area and when they move on to experience what it's like to paint on different sizes of paper with different sizes of brushes, they also connect to the same concept. Children must climb and touch, feel, squeeze, hear, taste, smell, and observe their surroundings. No environment is without its traumas, blocks, and challenges. Enough is what is needed at each stage. You don't need more than enough. You don't need more trauma block or challenge, you know, but you need enough to really develop that sense. It, it really affects the overall healthiness and zest for life over time. So uh, in this energy center, the root energy center, the, the first chakra, the color red is the basic color associated with this chakra. This color has the lowest vibrational rate in the color spectrum, and it's responsible for producing the color in our energy field. A healthy energy field has some of each color of the spectrum, and the distribution of the colors reflects individual gifts and talents. So when working on this energy center, you can wear clothes that are in the color range or color family, or put objects into your living environment or your office in the color red. That will activate grounding and it's very primal and it will orient you in time and space. So when working in the first energy center, you can visualize strong roots of a tree deep in the earth, seeking the nourishment of the earth itself and streams of living water running through it. That is a great visualization to bring you into a very centered place. Earth is the dense matter or the plane where we are most conscious. It is the substance we use as we adapt to ensure our nourishment, shelter, and aspects of our physical comfort. All around us is evidence of the earth being beautiful and a wondrous living example of the miracle of creation. And our bodies are a reflection and they are no less wondrous in their functioning. When we embrace our physical bodies as we should in a positive way, we can begin to live a balanced existence and experience joy. Likewise, as we have a healthy respect for the earth, we can be living in harmony not only in our bodies, but with the nature of earth itself. If we look at reality as solid and tangible, it can lead to illusions and knowledge of a truly spiritual journey will help with connection on a variety of different levels. The earth has long been inspirational for poets, artists, mystics, and musicians. The energy-giving presence of an eternal sense of wonder is fed by the basic beauty of a flower, the rhythms of day and night sun and moon, time and tides. The messages that we are getting now seem to be coming through about the fact that our planet needs loving care, needs some TLC in a lot of ways, just as we ourselves do. 
We are both a reflection of the other, the micros and the macro and the macros and the micro. One of the beneficial effects of this imagery is that it may bring us to a realization of the wonder of creation, the miracle of life force, the sacredness of earth and spirit as residing in matter. So contact with and understanding the first energy center brings the awareness of consciousness and helps to work within the material world in which we live. The spiritual living is about being effective and congruent in the world as we know it, along with exploring other dimensions around us. To be in a position of being too grounded, which kind of goes the other way, you know, anything in excess really kind of spins things out. But if you are in a position of being too grounded, it can actually diminish other horizons that you might otherwise experience. You just, it means being stuck if you're mm-hmm. too grounded. Just, you know, think of, a, you know, a mountain. A mountain is very grounded. It's not moving, right? So, <laughs> Not yeah. unless you have some earth activity. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> and you really don't want that. <laughs> no. No. Uh-huh. So Anna Nin said, we don't see things as they are. We see them as we are. Alberto Villodo, in his book, The Four Insights. Have you read that, Lynn? Yeah. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. It's so incredible. Um, He explores the teachings personally that he experienced having to do with earth keepers, in particular the reference to the Laka, who were stewards of nature. The Laka existed in the Andes and the Amazon. He describes how they would go about making changes to their world, not by rules or ideas, but by changing their perceptions. They approached the challenge as an opportunity, and by doing this, it brought about a new beingness to their world. They learned to experience events in their lives not as being on the personal level. Events simply happen. It doesn't rain on you to annoy you or to make you wet. It just rains. Here in Seattle, people get annoyed. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's kind of an obvious first question when you drive up to the bank. What do you think of this weather? <laughs> well, it's nothing I can do anything with. I just drive through it. Uh, so it's kind of an interesting relationship. When this event is viewed from a higher perspective or perception, it's Seattle. I mean, in Seattle, it, it's become kind of a commonplace conversation. But when you view it from a higher perception, it immediately alters how you feel about the event. You're no longer the cause or the effect of something, and you can give a huge sigh of relief because everything is happening just as it should. We have lots of greenery around here. We have um, water flow. There are other areas that have challenges because they don't have rain. And so it's happening just as it's supposed to, and we don't have to go around thinking we have to fix it. We exist in different states of awakening or consciousness. These are products of the mind, whereas perceptual levels exist independently. Villato explains the four perceptual levels that the Leica engage with in the world around them. These have a direct relationship with vibration and light. The physical world, our body, the realm of thought and ideas, or our minds, the realm of the myth, soul, and the world of spirit, energy. When we shift from one level to another in an upwards movement, we can still function at the levels below, but we have gained a, wider, a much wider viewpoint. 
When you balance the reflection between the two perspectives, you can likely find a solution, resolve conflicts, heal something, and overall feel a sense of oneness with creation. Albert Einstein said, we cannot solve our problems with the same level of thinking that created them. So in describing how the Leica associate each perceptual level with an animal, the first chakra is associated with uh, the body and physical perception of the serpent, level of the serpent. The serpent is this instinctional with extraordinary, extraordinary senses that tells it where, where there is food and where there are predators. As humans, we rely on our senses to give us an indication of who we are and where we are in the world from a material level. Our view is from a tangible perception where it is solid and difficult to change. At the level of serpent, the words used have to do with chemicals and molecules. Everything is as it seems. From this level, we seek solutions where we rely on our instincts rather than reflecting deeply on the problems. This higher level of perception gives us a way to react without having to understand the deepness of meanings underlying the problems. Well, you know, Sigmund Freud said, sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so we don't have to go too deep, you know. Maybe that's all it is. <laughs> but by keeping the higher perspective available to us as a regular operating platform on a daily basis, we're basically able to put one foot in front of the other without having to think about it or analyze it or get up caught up in the emotions of it. By mastering this level of basic existence, it allows us to be effective in the physical world associated with the first energy center. Our senses could alert us to danger before we can sometimes actually perceive it. So the next level of perception has to do with the mind and emotions, and that's called the jaguar. We are aware that our experiences are influenced by our thoughts and everything is not what it seems in the physical realm. So based upon our training, we have certain beliefs ingrained in us, and that will influence our decisions about what to do. We understand we have choices, but we also know that our choices are limited by our beliefs. The jaguar perception can transform situations to be seen in a new light because this creature is all about sudden change. A singular insight can break us free from a negative situation or a feeling or an old habit of operational existence that prevents us from moving forward in a new direction. Instincts at this level of operation are from curiosity, emotion, deep feelings of love, intimacy, family caring, and compassion. The language is spoken words where we form and express words or ideas, beliefs, and feelings. We understand we could give someone fish, but it's better to teach them to fish than to just give them something. So we rise above the literal level and have a wider range of possibilities. At this level of the jaguar, there is the ability to also incorporate the level of the serpent into our understanding, but we can think of more solutions when we incorporate both levels and when we consider all the possibilities. So in that case, we can make more effective changes and solve more complex issues. The next level of perception, so serpent, then jaguar, the next level of perception has to do with the soul and the sacred perceptions. And this is called the level of the hummingbird. The language has to do with image, music, poetry, and dreams. The soul can experience itself on a sacred journey. When operating at this level, the direction is always clear and there is energy to press forward instinctively knowing that the necessary basics will be available. 
when we're not operating from this level, we can get mired in a lot of, you know, detailed analysis and experience analysis paralysis. But at the soul level, solutions not clear at the other two levels become very clear. And at this level, we listen below the surface of conversations and we hear their hidden meanings. We operate in metaphors and in things that need to be reviewed further. We sense we are on our way to where we are in a condition of divine well-being. This is a much more commanding place to be for making changes. Visualization is more powerful than just reciting affirmations. So when you want something to come about in your future, you're trying to manifest something, clearly visualize it at least once from this higher perspective. The next level is the spiritual perception, and that is the level of the ego. So we've got the serpent, then the jaguar, then the hummingbird, and now the ego. And from this vantage point, the eagle can see the entire picture and also a tiny piece of it at the same time. At this level, it's 99% is consciousness and 1% is matter. It's completely different. So the language here is about energy. We don't perceive ourselves as disconnected from the planet or from other people. The boundaries just melt away as we recognize our oneness. Violdo calls this the poof state because matter just disappears. When we face a challenge or a difficulty from the level of spirit, the less energy we need to use to affect change. In this discussion of how this all relates, Violdo explains comparatives like in a river, going upstream or downstream, depending on the viewpoint. Um, downstream is pollution. Upstream is the question of why we are using plastic and throwing it on the ground. So you can see how uh, thinking can change. From the hummingbird level, we would talk about recycling, but from the eagle level, we talk about eliminating the plastic packaging altogether. And at the very highest level, we can become peace. We can be healed and we are beauty and embody clean waters. We stop perceiving the separate of ourselves between us and our environment or the other people around us. Have you had a lot of discussions in your location about plastic bags? Oh gosh, yeah. They passed a big law in Austin, Texas where in Austin, if you're in a grocery store, they will not give you a bag. You either have to bring your own or buy one that they, you know, that they have on site. Hmm. Like a recyclable bag. Like, yeah. Even to put your different um, fruits and vegetables in? Oh Yeah. Really? Not not one bag. You cannot, you have to buy a bag and it's always the recycled kind. Uh, I was like, you know, you used to give paper bags. What happened to that? You just gave them away and they were like, nope, no more. Hmm. Like you cannot get a bag. You see all the little, you know, at the end of the grocery thing where they have the little hooks and you hang the plastic bags and that's how they bag the grocery. No, mm -mm, they're empty. They're just sitting there hmm. empty. Oh, it's so challenging for me. <laughs> I get passionate about it, you know. Bring oh, your own man. little package. <laughs> yeah, you have to. And most of the time I forget. So it's there. So I'm in the parking lot, pack, you know, packaging my groceries. Like, it just, come on now. So. Well, and then you start, there, there are others that say, well, just think of the dirt that are in bags when they're reused. You know, that's not very healthy. Yeah. So you get all this kind of negativity on both ends. And so where, where are they operating in the, this hierarchy? I it's just go to probably kind stores. of at the serpent level. What's that? I just go to different stores where I can get bags. <laughs> I live on the, on, the, on the outskirts of town. So I just go to the outlying stores. They don't have that rule. <laughs> oh, God. So it's how does it get determined? Yeah, so as, perception. pardon? It's all about perception. That's for sure. Oh, perception and how people relate to it. 
So on that note, we're going to take a quick break and we will be back and look at some more perceptions. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Are you interested in actualizing your potential to be, do, and have more? If yes, then consider this your invitation. Intellike dates back to Aristotle, who used the word to describe the potential of a thing becoming itself. For example, a kitten has the intellike to become a cat. So what is human intellike? It's about discovering your destiny to live your freedom. Discover who you really are through one of the programs at www.humanintellike.com. Be who you are here to be. And remember, your life is a powerful expression of potential. Whether you activate that for its highest good or not is your choice. www.humanintellike.com. That's human, E-N-T-E-L-E-C-H-Y.com. We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Mighty Gems, spotlighting everyday jewels with Dee Lee. To reach the program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's one 346 9141 you may also send us an email to jewels at mightygems.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to Mighty Gems. As humans, we experience reality through our own perception. The gift of operating at this level of the eagle, and we were talking earlier about these different levels of the serpent, the jaguar, the hummingbird, and the eagle. These are perceptions. Um is there is no time, so that we can change things before they come into existence. We can dream them into being before the energy ever acquires physical form. While we can operate up and down with the four levels, it does take courage and practice to shift into the high energy level and the, of the eagle and use this as your normal, normal quote-unquote, state of being. In our own lives, we can, you know, make... Um, you know, we can make up or work with many tools to shift ourselves into the hummingbird perception, such as meditation, prayer. We can dress up more in vivid colors on a gray day. As an eagle, we don't need to dress ourselves up to make ourselves feel better. We just, we don't even need to be repeating the words over and over again, you know, of affirmations or concepts. We're, we basically are trying to get a new level of understanding. And at the eagle level, we can shift into the sense of becoming one with the spirit in the eagle. The shift happens inside of ourselves. At the physical level, quick fixes never really work. When you shift your perceptions to a higher level, it gives a whole different perspective, a wider range of viewpoint, an opportunity to reinvent yourself or to take a deeper look at something that if it is needed, but you have the opportunity to make those choices. All four of these perceptions are very helpful to have in your toolbox of options and are useful at different levels and situations. If you operate at a certain level and reach a successful outcome, it is a good step to move up to the next level to work towards a more level of fullness, 
of your true powers, as this is what is needed to ultimately heal the planet. This is the reflection from within to without. We can learn to master all four levels with practice. At the level of the first energy center or chakra, you're engaged at the level of the serpent with the dense physical and biological energies. At this level, we connect to the earth. When we clear this center and get in, into balance, we let go of the fear of scarcity and become more open to the abundance that is surrounding us. As you master the level of the serpent, you will recognize the events from your early life that affected you and shaped you into who you are now. It is important to clear the negative energy or psychic sludge so the energy center can carry on with new information to the rest of your body and your nervous system. Carl Jung said, it all depends on how we look at things and not on how things are in themselves. The least of things with a meaning is worth more in life than the greatest of things without it. I think that's very profound. Very. So how do we know if we are waking up? We are becoming awakened individuals. You know, what level is our perception? Where do we start? Where do we go? How do we deal with things? It's very um, interesting because over the last episodes, for myself personally, I've been exploring all these different details and also learning some higher um, perception. And it does take practice in being awake and also aware of where you are in your level approach. But it's been very, um, I have to say, it's been, been very calming as an option to know that those tools are there for you to be able to operate in these different uh, levels. It's, it's, very, um, it's very useful. And I would suggest people to be able to understand by trying it out and um, do some reading and studying. And we'll be exploring more of these uh, details as we go. So how do we wait? What do we, how do we know? We've been creating our own beliefs. Many defined spiritual people can talk to you at length for hours about spiritual beliefs of others. But when it comes really down to their own beliefs, there really aren't actually any. When you've experienced a true spiritual awakening, you might find some solace in older beliefs and systems. You might find yourself deep in meditation or yoga. But while you're there, you're coming up with your own ideas and beliefs. Another one, number two, you might want to have greater freedom. During your spiritual awakening, one day you'll wake up, look around, and suddenly feel shackled by your home, your job, your possessions, and possibly even a relationship. You don't want to leap out of bed, throw out everything, buy a van, and follow your favorite band on tour just to get through. But think about the things in your life that weigh you down and deny you freedom. Think about how life would be without it, and you might be able to do without. And I'm that's, all about it. It's that's it. It's concept freedom. of enough. Yeah. You know, what, is, what do you really need? You feel a deep draw toward personal development. Where bubbly stories of a person's escape from slavery or another's return to good health from calamity used to have to not be of interest, you sudden, suddenly listen. These stories of personal development and triumph are important. You're drawn to them because you're now striving to do it yourself. When you're in nature, you might feel more connected than ever. A hike through the woods 
you may have once looked at as <laughs> time consuming, I would rather be elsewhere. Um, very uh, muscle oriented. It could be tedious and you could feel annoyed and you might want to be watching a game or playing some video game elsewhere. But during your spiritual awakening, everything else melts away from your mind when you're in nature. You suddenly feel so much more connected to it. And the more universe, the whole universe is right there. It's almost as though you can feel the pulse of the planet. You can find yourself talking to yourself and praying more often. It's a subconscious change that happens during your spiritual awakening. You have a sudden desire to express your thoughts and feelings whether to yourself, to some higher entity, through meditation, or um, you can talk to other people. Some people are still asleep, so you have to be careful who you introduce this to. Um, they might just look at you with blank stare and turn and walk away. Saying your thoughts out loud puts the thoughts out in the universe. You never know how the universe will reply. Boy, that would be powerful. You're experiencing synchronicity. Synchronicity is a pretty strange experience. It's the experience of pretty related, meaningful events that in your mind might seem more like pure coincidence. These experiences tend to give us uh, a guidance uh, toward a path. But sometimes they simply remind us that we're already on the right path, that people are showing up or events are happening and it's pretty much surprise to yourself. Wow, how did that get there? You feel a deep oneness with your fellow human relationships. Congratulations, you've entered um, a new territory. All human beings are soft-wired to feel empathy. Empathy is the feeling of seeing someone else hurt and feeling that pain yourself. It's what causes you to feel unwell or faint at the sight of blood. You're feeling someone else's pain and you're experiencing this. During your awakening, you'll find yourself more connected, not just in a Moby, we all made of, we're all made of stars kind of way, but you start to understand that everyone is on a path. Everyone is experiencing some of something and that you're not really alone. You also want to take care of your body. That is more important. You might smoke, you might drink, you might eat at Taco Bell. That's not to be a negative. But then you start experiencing your spiritual awakening, and suddenly none of that sounds appealing. You want some fresh squeezed juice or you know, fresh salad with vegetables. Even more so, you might want to grow your own vegetables. Be out in the land and nourishing your body in the purest way. Have your fingers in the dirt. You know, planting seeds and watching them grow. All of your emotions are really more felt. Sure, we are all experiencing a wide range of emotions. And usually when you're awakening in this process, you're going to feel and be more conscious because you're paying attention and might be oversensitive. But people in the midst of a spiritual awakening will feel them more fully. You're, these are characterized as being happy, frolicking like angels, but spiritual people do feel anger and depression, and they feel these emotions more so, you know, because of their being more sensitive. It's not to say that they don't experience joy and satisfaction. They just simply feel the full range in a higher degree. So it's like turning up the heat. 
Yeah. I heard someone say once, you know, spiritual masters still have to get their laundry done. You know? <laughs> yeah. Didn't so, Buddha say you start out chopping wood and then when you become enlightened, you still chop wood? Yeah. You still chop wood, carry water. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, you do feel it differently and you choose to handle things differently. So sure. It's maybe it's the it, difference. Yeah. It's in the toolbox. You look through the tools and the choices and just having and knowing that they're there, having that ability to go and choose what perception you want to take, it's really very powerful. The balancing and alignment of the chakras is not a linear journey, but a spiral journey. It is a healing journey into the deepening awareness of your own magnificence as part of but not apart from the everything around you so far within this time and space dimension this this has been a 14 billion year old journey at any other level the level of the timelessness is a journey that never began and never ends you come from two worlds you come from the primary world beyond time which is the eternal now but you are the play of that timeless creation within the limits of form the degree of which we have lost touch with our roots is reflected in the way that we treat our Mother Earth. We have, as species, tried to dominate her rather than love her. <clears throat> the importance, there's a lot of importance to aligning ourselves. And um, the other chakras can be out of alignment if our root chakra is not in alignment. We can have feelings of insecurity. <coughs> Excuse me. The root chakra is the energy center closest to the earth. It is the chakra that represents physical safety and delight in the embodiment you are. This center is the depths of which the divine feminine arises to pass through the heart and dance, you know, along with the divine masculine. None of this is to be considered higher or lower or better or worse. In music, we have seven major notes. C is not better than A. Each is needed to create the extraordinary gift of music. It is the same with chakra balancing and alignment. Well, Eckhart Tolle said, you are here to enable the divine purpose of the universe to unfold. That is how important you are. And it really is. You are the representative of love's becoming here in this dimension of time and space. You are that love. It seeks you just as much as you seek it. The union of the lover and beloved is the experience of enlightenment or what some would call satori. However, to receive that grace, you need to be in love, not only with the transcendental, but the manifestation of that transcendent force, as it appears in what Lao Tzu called the 10,000 things. In the Lord's Prayer, there is the invitation for that to come forward. So every day, spend time honoring your body and doing some form of body practice. Make your life conscious. Set yourself a goal of creating a balanced foundation. Write your goal down every day and see it unfold. And from the insights you get into, a, uh, you'll get into a practice of writing about them, and then that will take you to new places. So just make the commitment to um, step up and follow your bliss, because you playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so other people won't feel insecure. We are all meant to shine, just as children do, and it's not just some of us, it's all of us. So as you let your light shine, you're unconsciously giving other people the permission to do the same, and as you're liberated from your fear, your presence will automatically liberate others. So we're here to say, you are a mighty gem. <laughs> So Definitely. be that. <laughs> be okay with that. <laughs> <clears throat> 
So, you know, as you ponder the importance of what we've just shared as the sparkling grounded earth energies, as you connect to yourself and to nature and to others with one insight, one choice, and one action, it becomes fascinating. You're broadening your arena of prospecting for your mighty gems, and you can go up and above and beyond where you've ever believed you could go and grow. So join us again next Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll be talking about more mighty gems. Have a great weekend. Thank you for joining D. Lee for Mighty Gems, spotlighting everyday jewels. Be sure to come back for another great show next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll see you here next week.